Hi guys, welcome back to the Emma Dilemma podcast where we're gonna talk shit about life. I am no way a professional, I just have interest points from my past experiences and my everyday living. Hope you enjoy this podcast and if you do, please let me know on social media. Hello and welcome back to the Emma Dilemma podcast. It has been a little while I have been thinking on how to go about coming back to this, what I want to get from it, what I want to give and I think I have a bit of an idea, who knows, who knows, but basically turning this into more of a yoga educational podcast and just getting people on to discuss anything to do with kind of spirituality, awakening, consciousness, opening up about life and just hearing different stories and perspectives. Um, but today it's just gonna be me, Emma Dilemma, one to one with herself, the only one. And today's podcast is a bit of a is a bit of a jumble of things, but it's mainly to do with yoga and the questions I've been getting recently of people on my socials and in person. Um, because apparently you guys like listening to this and I'm very grateful and I'm like whoa (laughs) my voice gets heard on a platform but anyway that's the ego and we'll get into him another day her whatever he is she whoever (laughs) but the first thing I want to address today is like basically how does one get into yoga so for me I had heard of yoga before I didn't really have a clue. This is when I was 14. I thought it was a bit of a kind of hippie thing that I didn't really want to get involved with. But it was part of my hospital treatment for anorexia and depression and anxiety. And it was a free thing to go to each week. And the teacher was really, really nice, a friendly woman. And I felt I could go and my doctor prescribed it for me to go so I went and I was very surprised I remember just feeling very insecure feeling like I was being watched like I didn't have a clue what I was doing why did she keep asking me to breathe because I thought I breathed like I breathed how do you say breathed I thought I breathed all the time I thought I always breathed you know what I'm trying to say here (laughs) but I was like, what's this all about? I was like, I'm lifting my arm up to the sky and I'm looking at it. Is this, like, what am I doing? I had no clue. I thought I looked like a wally. But something in me felt good afterwards. I remember lying there for like the 10 minutes um, after and just kind of waking up out of Savasana. I didn't know what that was at the time. And I was like, whoa, I feel a bit chill. It was really cool. So I went like every week and uh, that's how I got into yoga. But for other people, it's more it's more like what is drawing you towards it? What do you feel when you hear the word yoga? What is it about it that's drawing you in there? Because that's what you're going to get out of it, I suppose. Like, if you're seeing people do yoga online, you're like, I want to try that. You're obviously inspired because you see them talking about it in a certain way. Or you see something about it that you want to pursue or try maybe it's creativity maybe it's just curiosity but start anywhere literally start anywhere you can begin doing yoga in your room i have done many like yoga videos uh off youtube and um they're pretty cool like they're not the same feeling i would say 
as you'd get in a class or as a one-to-one session with a yoga teacher but they're a star and there's something and some people love them and that's their jam I know there's many like apps now where you can actually do yoga and pay for subscriptions and it's kind of big thing now loads of people are going on those platforms um but yeah you could start in your room like even google like basic yoga poses and just teach yourself even to begin with like a few of the basics because one thing you will find if you go to a class is that the teacher obviously if you tell her you're new she will like keep an eye out for you and discuss some things maybe before class about what to expect and what the plan of the class is whatever but you won't know everything that's going on and that's okay too but if you have googled a little bit or you've read up you might know one or two things and that can just be really nice to have in your back pocket to be like oh I know what child pose is or I've seen a photo at least to kind of know where I'm going because for a teacher it's pretty tough um to be catering for an open level class because you have people who have absolutely no clue no judgment though they just have no clue what a downward dog is totally gee like the teacher is going to explain it but then you have people who have done probably like a million downward dogs and they don't need to be told and they're just in there before the person has even finished the sentence downward dog and the teacher is always trying to balance that kind of um how to go about sorry not sorry how to go about catering for the more experienced but equally being safe with the beginners and making sure you're queuing enough to protect them from them just going oh you queued that I'm gonna do it because um there's no point going into yoga in my opinion to be like I need to be able to do the splits or the forward fold or utasana or whatever pose you have in your mind tree pose even I that's it I need to do that that's not what yoga is about and you will soon find that out if you have a good teacher they will tell you that this is not about getting into a posture and looking good or the goal of yoga is not to get to that place where you're like I got my Instagram photo the goal of yoga like yoga translates as unison that is the definition and it's union with yourself union with connection the God within you and when I say God it's not God as in like Jesus Christ or the guy in the sky it's God is just life the life form that's always present in everything and it's just when you connect to that kind of you could call it soul you could call it spirit higher power it's just that kind of sense of connection that you feel that I actually struggle to comprehend and put into words because I never feel like I do it justice and I never want to say that other people will feel exactly what I do so you kind of just know yourself when you feel it but it's absolutely amazing and um, you will soon realise going into a class that the focus is not to actually follow the instructions to a T and have your legs straight in a forward fold. Like the teacher may cue this and say, look, if your knees are bent, begin to straighten them. Cool. But you're not meant to be in pain with your back bent in a way that's unsafe for you to get your legs straight. But for beginners and probably for advanced people like I myself sometimes push myself because I'm like, you know what, I can do this and I should be able to do this by now. Come on, Emma, Jesus Christ, you've been doing yoga for six months now or a year or whatever. And it's like, hold on now, hold on, hold on. Why am I here? I'm here to use my breath to allow my body and mind to open to a state of consciousness that's peaceful where I can forget about the outside world and connect to my true soul. 
why would I cause pain on myself in this moment? But for a beginner, it's very, I think they feel they need to follow the teacher the 100% max and or else they feel the teacher might come over and be like, yo, you're doing that wrong. And a good yoga teacher will never, ever, ever come over to you and be like, yo, bitch, what are you doing? Like, stop that. You're so stupid. That's not what happens. If a teacher comes over to you, it's usually for a hands-on adjustment or maybe just to tell you how to adjust or maybe just to be like, yo, are you okay? Maybe you're not looking too well. <laughs> They're worried you're going to pass out. That's like mainly the reasons a teacher would come over. And it's nothing to fear. Like I often see people, even if I come towards them, they, and I have felt it too, like you feel kind of singled out or that like you're doing something really bad and you're like, oh God, what are they going to say to me? And it's like, usually then they just like, help you get a nicer no I don't want to say nicer help you expand your downward dog so that your back is more lengthened and your spine is elongated and it feels super nice and you're like wow I'm so glad you actually did that why was I scared of you um but it's yeah it's, it's funny and it takes a while to sink in like don't expect after your first class to be like oh my god I understand yoga like it's I'd say kind of look at this as a commitment to yourself and a dedicated spiritual practice that's only going to help you in your relationship with yourself with others and your connection to what your dharma is and dharma basically is like your life purpose which we all have and we all fulfill if we want to go there and if we listen to all the signs around us but i got another question which i'm going to address and it was what's the difference between pilates and yoga and for me, I've actually don't have much experience with Pilates. I think I went to like a couple of classes before. But to me, without looking at research, which I have behind me, but from my personal experience, Pilates is very much not a spiritual practice. I never feel like I've gone into my Zen mode when I do Pilates. I do feel good. I feel my body is stretched. I do feel connection of some sort. But I don't feel the divine within me release if that makes sense um whereas yoga I definitely always feel that connection now maybe I haven't done enough pilates maybe I haven't found the right pilates teacher but from this article I'm reading it says although pilates is not a spiritual pursuit its origins are rooted in healing and rehabilitation its German inventor Joseph Pilates relocated to England in 1912 as war broke out and he was interned with other Germans working in a hospital on the Isle of Man. It was here that they invented the beginnings of his reformer Cadillac and chair equipment using springs to help bedbound patients develop their muscles and the condition or not the condition the tradition continued to this day. Um. So one of the yoga teachers is just like, I've worked hard with people who have experienced trauma causing emotional and physical damage. Using the Pilates method, many were able to regain a sense of balance in their life. Pilates helped me to rehabilitate. And then it says, yoga uses the body to connect with the mind and the inner self, while Pilates uses mindfulness to connect to the inner workings of the body. I practice both and I love both. The main difference is the focus on the spiritual elements in yoga. Some of the actual poses are similar in Pilates. We do the elephant, which is basically downward dog, and also back bends. It's just that in Pilates, we tend to build up some of those moves more slowly than you might in yoga. So, yeah, I there is definitely a difference. I definitely feel the spiritual element is more dominant in, in yoga. 
Um, but it's definitely up to the individual. You might jam with your Pilates, you might like a bit of both. Really up to you. Again, with yoga, people always say to me like, what is it? Like what types are there? Blah, blah, blah. There are many types of yoga and I'm not going to list them all. But just the ones that I practice and that I'd be familiar with would be hot yoga, which could be up to 40 degrees heat in a heated room with heaters and you could be doing a flow, you could be doing a half that class, you could be doing Bikram. Um, I'll get into Bikram in a second. And it's just basically a way of practicing yoga with heat. And it does help like the immune system apparently. Like I don't want to say these are facts, these are just like the research. It is um known to help muscles relax. Um there's lots of different benefits for the heat, and it's kind of up to the individual to say if they like the heat or not. I personally do like hot yoga. It's quite a buzz. It's quite a feeling of, what's the word? When you come out, your muscles are just really relaxed because the heat does something. It really opens up more, but also that can be a bit... You need to keep an eye on that, basically, because you might feel you're more flexible than you are just because the heat has lubricated your joints or muscles to go further than you actually could go in a non-heated class. Hot yoga is definitely not for everyone, so have a go, see if you like it, try a few different teachers and then make a decision from there. Maybe do it once a year, YOLO. Then we have vinyasa yoga, which is basically moving with the breath. Um, Vinyasa is like a set sequence uh, of 14 poses, correct me if I'm wrong, any yoga teachers that are listening. And uh, it's sun salutes, which are, sorry, the sun salutes are the fixed poses. Um. And you might do sun salutes A and sun salutes B. Uh, vinyasa flow is very open to the teacher's personal style. And it's a flow class. So you're moving between poses, usually within one breath. And uh, very popular. Um, different levels, of course. There's sometimes slow flows, which I teach as well. Then you have flows and then you can have flow experienced. Uh, quite a good buzz. Um, definitely try it with vinyasa class. If you like to flow with the breath um and develop different different what will i say different poses and different ways of moving the body through transitions which you wouldn't otherwise have known about because i remember my first vinyasa class i was like this is so cool that i can move my body in this kind of rhythm snaky thing that i never knew about growing up like where was this hiding then we have bikram i'm trained in bikram yoga which is basically uh, 26 set sequence of poses that are done twice in a 90 minute period and uh, the idea is that the poses cover every muscle in the body that is that is needed and uh, lots of people love Bikram because it's the same every single class and the teacher sticks to a script that they don't really go away from it's kind of I don't want to say military but it's like very like the teacher doesn't really say a lot of free things like it's not like see how you feel in this pose it's like you stick to the script i practice bikram for say a good six seven months and i do love bikram now i haven't done it in quite a while um but it's cool just to know it go in knowing the sequence and just feeling like you're progressing and noticing the progression in your breath and in your body the expansion of the breath and the lung capacity is awesome to watch in yourself to be like jesus like two months ago i couldn't do that and now i'm like fuck i can actually bend my back a bit wow and that's where I love that feeling of kind of like progression. It's really cool to track that. Then we also have restorative yoga, which is kind of little movement. 
and a lot of focus on just restoring the breath and the body and just the muscles and just kind of it's basically a chill out yoga sometimes they're candle lit um, and usually involving like bolsters which are the, this prop that you can like spoon and you can hug and you can like place on top of you and under your legs and it's just really comforting it's a really comfort class it's like a massive hug then you have yin yoga which is a type of yoga where you hold postures for like four i think it's between two and seven minutes uh correct me if i'm wrong fellow yoga teachers <laughs> but it's uh it's a great way to work into deep fascia which is just muscle um I used to hate yin because I was like, I'm not moving. I'm just lying here holding my leg. But that's why we have yin and yang in life. Like it's um, yang, I would call vinyasa. It's quite the fast pace. You're moving, fluid movement. Whereas yin is like the slowdown. We're feeling into this. We're witnessing everything that's coming up. In yin, you meet a lot of resistance. You could be holding a forward fold for seven minutes. You begin with a straight spine. Eventually... After the 90 second mark, roughly, you begin to feel this kind of ease. Your body actually trusts that it's safe to let go of holding on to muscle tension and you begin to release. And it's so cool because after like the five minute, your whole nervous system is a bit freaked out, to be honest. And it, it is a lot on your body. But when you come out of these poses, your legs and stuff are all numb and it's just kind of weird, like tingly kind of. But the deepest release, like you wake up from yin and you're like, wow, maybe not after the first class, but like after many classes, you notice it in your body. And I definitely do like three or four yin classes a week, even though I find the mind bit challenging because you might be holding a forward fold and you're just told, you know, to breathe into it, to meet the resistance. And that's like, that's what you work through. But that's tough because in a yang practice, even if you're thinking, at least you're moving. So, uh. Obviously, the idea is not to think, but sometimes thoughts come in. But if you're moving, you don't really have time to kind of dwell on the thinking because the teacher might be like, right leg up to hand. And you're like, oh, shit, I can't be thinking because now I can't understand or I'm not present in this movement. Uh, but whereas you in, because it's slow uh, and you're holding, you have more room to think, but also you have more room to come back to the breath. And that's really cool. And observation of the mind is really cool to be like, whoa. I get distracted a lot and it really teaches you that patience and uh, to be okay with slowing down as well is really cool because, you know, we don't always have to be on the go and we don't always have to be doing vinyasa power flows. Power is another type of yoga. It's kind of vinyasa based, but it'd be more strong, more fast. Um, just I'd describe it as strong, very physically active, yeah. Um, then we have... Oh, Hatha. Hatha is... Yeah, Hatha is an ancient type of yoga as well. Uh, yoga is really old, by the way. Like, it's very old tradition. And it's uh, found in a lot of, like, Hinduism and Buddhism. Uh, and especially the Vedas, which are ancient scriptures. But um, it's not a new thing. Even though modern yoga would be considered a new trend, I suppose. But uh, the ancient history, don't lie. Um, but anyway, Hatha is one of the old ones, the really old ones. And... Um, it's basically where you hold poses so you could be in a, like in a low lunge but like you're kind of holding and breathing into it rather than vinyasa where you might hold a lunge for breath and then step back to your down dog but i hope that's answered some of those questions and um, the last thing i want to close on is just that like 
you know, nobody can force you to do anything. And I think this is a great point in like just really trusting yourself and trusting this exploration and maybe just not doing something because you see someone also doing it as well. Because I find we can always see people do stuff. Maybe FOMO kicks in and we're like, oh my God, they look enlightened because they do yoga. And often uh, you have to come to that realisation yourself of what is drawing you. And I'm not saying don't do yoga or don't do Pilates or don't do meditation. It's not that. I'm just kind of saying, you know, it's not as simple as just going to a class and boom, I'm enlightened. Um, yoga to me, the connection came later on, uh, the deep connection anyway, and I couldn't imagine my life without it. But it took me to realise that it wasn't someone telling me to do yoga that made me get to that point. Um, so I'd say kind of come up with like an intention of why you want to practice. Is it to better yourself? Is it to feel more connected to you, to your soul, to your true purpose here in life? Is it for your relationship to others? Is it just a bit of exercise? Like what is it you want from it? Um, and I guarantee you'll be so surprised by what you get from it if you commit to a to a practice. Um, and it's honestly life changing. Uh, if you allow yourself to be open in that space and to let the ego stay at the door. And when I talk about the ego, last point is just kind of like the ego is the one that will tell you in the yoga class, like, oh my God, you're doing it wrong. Like, oh my God. Uh, if the teacher cues, say that you're in like a down dog, and just like, if you feel okay here, move forward into plank. But if not, just stay in your down dog and your ego will be like, go to plank, go to plank, because that's what everyone's doing. You need to go to plank. You don't want to look like a fool. That's the ego voice. But it, the real you is just like, actually, plank feels a bit sore today. And I'm really going to respect my body and stay in down dog. And I've no shame about that. Because just because the teacher cues something, it's not a must. And like, there's one teacher I have who I think is brilliant. He says, um, think of yourself like a guest in my house and everything I offer you is a suggestion. You don't have to do anything you don't want. And it's a beautiful thing he says in his classes. And it just reminds me of like, wow, even if you cue Warrior 3 and today my hips are just like, nope. Or my leg is like, yup, Emma, you were doing that yesterday and it didn't feel good. I'm going to say my warrior too, because that's actually practicing non-ahisma, which is one of the eight limbs of yoga, which means non-violence towards yourself. And uh, why would you be violent towards your body like that and like put it into a position that it just doesn't feel okay in? And yoga for me has really, that's one thing it definitely has done. It's literally brought so much awareness to when am I pushing myself too much and when am I not going out of my comfort zones when I could be? And when am I going against my energies? Because I never thought I would become spiritual. And it's all of a sudden kind of developed over time. No, not all of a sudden. It's been a slow kind of steady awakening. And it's a beautiful thing to spiritually wake up. Um, and it's a combination of things. And it's not just yoga. It's a lot of things. But um, there's so much more I could go on about. I'm going to leave at that today. Hope you enjoy this. I hope it's given you some food for thought. Um and if you have any other yoga questions let me know i have people coming on the podcast very very soon i'm delighted to have set this back up because it is a really cool space to explore different topics and just share what i can and you know you guys seem to think that's cool and that's flesh so i'm gonna end it there lots of love i'm currently dyeing my hair pink so get excited emma dilemma is going pink a pink yoga teacher head lots of love guys Namaste, 
And just to let you know, we say namaste at the end of yoga and it basically means it's when you bow your head at the very last minute and everyone is there cross-legged with their hands in prayer at their chest or their forehead or wherever the teacher wants to put your hands. And you bow and you say namaste together to the teacher because it basically means the divine in me worships the divine in you. I'll let you think about that one. Goodbye.